because I have a mountain of old import magazines. And from time to time, I like to filter through just what I want to keep and when I'm what's going on eBay, right? So, okay. uh, but it, it's it's weird. It's like a like a moment in time. You go through these magazines, oh. and it's like, man, we were really trying to push pink carpet upholstery <laughs> at one particular time. This the underglow. You could buy the kits. You know what I mean? Like, damn, I remember when that was hot. You know, whoever. Like, Whoever the salesman was of that that year or that era, they they really uh, they worked and, really hard. And the body kits, like we just they, we had no taste at that point. It was just about pump it out. I don't care if it looks <laughs> if the front of that that car looks like a flounder. Get it out. Yeah. Get that well, fiberglass body kit out. And it was well, so bad. The funny part is, is what I thought you were gonna say was something about the advertisements in between the articles, or in, like I'm talking like the non-automotive advertisements. Like l- oftentimes you would see sponsors for like arcade games and uh, uh, other yeah, things, yeah, and, yeah. and a lot of them. I mean, they are sort of a, a a time. They were only good at that time. They didn't really age well. So you get a lot of people like, um, what's the one where like there'll be like some arcade game and there'll be somebody a girl in a two-piece and you're like this is the best thing since whatever and then you're like nah you can't <laughs> sell it like that these days like it's these it's, ones were yeah. the were the worst like they would just give you this whole listing of like and you could just see how all the horrible body kits that were out there and then the wheels <laughs> the rims that they used to push in these things they were like yeah. rim like weighing 42 pounds and you're just like and, and this was like 18s back then now yeah. 42 pounds and you got 22s but dude that's insane uh, anyway all right, that's all right. i'm gonna get off my high horse about you're gonna digress um, i'm going to digress i'm gonna upgress i'm gonna upgress. leave leave that all behind and move into what we're talking about today but okay. uh welcome uh, to another episode of the nissan nerd podcast uh with me as always i'm your host one of your hosts, Miles Hall, with me as always is Mike Delashmoot, and uh, we're on episode 57? 59. 59? Time flies, so dude. 59. Jesus Christ. Episode 59. Who would have thought? We'd make it all uh, who who would have known that I could have tolerated you for this long? <laughs> you know, I like your, to thank myself, actually. Uh, <laughs> as your hetero life coach. I would just like to say that you've made vast improvements. Hey, thanks. Um, and have come a long way from you've, the you've, uh, from the worthless uh, piece of. I'm just you've uh, been able to push me along the way. I have seen progress. Yes. Seen, you are the instigator. The instigations that you make are actually growth, uh, character building. Yes. I'll take it. All right. Okay. okay. <laughs> so moving along, episode uh, fifty-nine. Um, Mike, go ahead and tell them what they want in this episode. Right, guys, again, thank you for being here on this episode. Seven-time F1 champion Lewis Hamilton rents a skyline in Japan, <laughs> nearly destroys it, and the owners aren't happy. We're going to talk about that. Also, the head of Nismo speaks out about potentially releasing a new hybrid-powered sports car. Uh, Miles, I think you've got that one. And then later, guys, we're going to chat with Bob Scobie and Brian Vela of BSE Performance. Uh, they've recently earned the title of first Nissan to win the Optima Battery Optima Battery Ultimate Streetcar Challenge. They're here with us. Uh, props, uh, thanks to them, and we're going to go ahead and have a really awesome interview. Guys, stick with us. This is the uh, Nissan Nerd Podcast, guys. <laughs> Thank you.
man. Ah, well, you know what's funny? If you ever see me reach for my, you see my hands on my ear right now? That's where the volume control is. So if you'll notice, before every intro, every time we play that song, I turn the volume down just a little bit. For you? That's for me. Lot. Even for me. I'm deaf as it is. And, and uh, I just I thought you down. were like DJing. You're like, you're like just mixing some tracks. I was like, yeah, oh, he's yeah. really into it. It's like, all right, cool. Yeah. yeah. But I, uh, yeah, you're I, just trying to save that little 10% of hearing that you got left. So. Yeah, I think I just did admit defeat and say if there's anybody out there who knows how to do some audio engineering, very easy audio engineering, give us a shot, man. Maybe you can help all of us and uh, the car enthusiasts. If you society. would like to be an unpaid intern on Nissan Nerd Podcast, <laughs> please reach out to us. At... Right. <laughs> what would be a funny? What would be a funny like email or tagline for them to contact us? Like, uh, uh, I don't know. Like potential suckers at nissannerd.com, or you know what I mean? Like not like that, but like it's funny. Like it's meant to be clever, but no, you'd be doing all of us a great favor, honestly. Uh... Are you into indentured servitude? Because <laughs> <laughs> we're bringing do you like it being, back. Do you like being yelled at constantly? Do you like being yelled at, getting no and respect whatsoever? <laughs> no. And being the official third wheel. Yes. <laughs> you too could be our unpaid intern. Um, yeah, but, uh, so we've got a lot to cover here in this episode. Uh, as you, uh, just heard, um, we're talking a little bit about news today. Um, we're shortening down, uh, some of the episode today as we're going to be doing a pretty, uh, lengthy episode with some great folks, um, that we have, um, from BSC performance that'll be jumping on in with us here shortly. Um, but, uh, let's go ahead and get through some of the news so we can go ahead and make our way towards the door for the interview stuff. So miles, the last time we spoke, it was before Thanksgiving. So that's what we've gotten through. We've gotten through Thanksgiving. We have. We had a, a pretty long weekend because of it. I know I spent a lot of good time in the garage. How about you? Uh, yeah, actually I, uh, man, yeah, I, I have this old Datsun 620 that I'm trying to like flip right now or, you know. Uh, do this project and uh restore I man yeah restore <laughs> so i took this entire frame and um i custom welded all these um uh these link suspensions so i basically made a, a five watts link for the rear um with the help of uh, a fabricator who, who assisted me so the two of us got together we we put all that together but basically coilovers all around uh 300 zx brakes on this Datsun 620 but we had to take the frame and basically uh, powder coat, uh, well, strip the whole thing down. And then I ended up utilizing a, a product called POR 15, uh, okay. paint over rust 15. Um, and uh, so I had to basically apply all this for the first time. And um, yeah, I ended up causing a little more work for myself, but I got it done the way I wanted to, but I ended up man grinding down welds and and cleaning up original Datsun nissan slag off of i saw uh, that so you shared a few pictures online though and but you meant first of all you were very meticulous all the the crevices man you had the media blaster yeah uh, I, like, get a, I, I got a yeah. little uh crazy with it probably more than i should have but uh yeah the um uh, the slag uh believe it or not on some of these uh on the original Datsun stuff is, is pretty horrific. So when you go back through and add another welded structure into this piece, and then you're also, um, uh, you're just contending with the slag that you caused, plus the original slag, um, <laughs> welding slag that's in there, um, you know, these spot welds. I mean, it's just, it's crazy. Um, yeah. I'll, I'll actually, if you want to give me the steering wheel, I'll, uh, 
I'll show you some photos of what I was kind of messing with. This, sure, uh, sure, please do, man. Yeah, yeah. If you can. So you're you're just... doing this, what would you call it? Frame up restoration. So this thing is purely yeah. just a frame right now. So I I got it in my head over a long night of a long weekend yeah, of drinking. Some of these, eh? Yeah. That I wanted to kind of do like a pit truck, basically a car that would just carry fuel and tires around, like at a at a racetrack event or okay. or a shop truck, if you will. Okay. So. I was like, well, what do I like? So it was either between BRE or it was between a Calsonic uh, team. So I ended up like choosing a Calsonic um, a team theme, if you will, of the original R32 Calsonic. Um, so mm-hmm. yeah, this is, you know, for anybody that's kind of watched this and, um, but this is what kind of what um, we created now. Desalny Drawn actually drew up the image for me him and I got together and he's like, all right, what do you want to do? And this is pretty much what we created. And that's what I'm trying to basically replicate at this time. Um, if you can see any of that, I can. Yeah. If you want to cut any pictures, um, feel free, but, uh, but yeah, I basically took this whole thing, blasted it down, acid etched it. Um, that's all prepped with, uh, when we're starting to lay down the POR 15 goes on really thick. goes on like varnish anyway. Um, so I spent about the last, five days on and off smelling all kinds of uh, harmful VOCs. So that's kind of what I've been uh, uh, kind of messing with as of late, but yeah, I, I got most of it actually laid down today. Um, it's not too bad. I'm pretty happy with it. And now from here, I got to start um, laying down some suspension on it. So um, we'll start going with the next steps, but yeah, I've been on this project now for, I don't know, probably about a year and a half. And, yeah. uh, but we're taking everything CAD plating. I mean, just to give you an idea of how crazy I go with stuff. I, but, I know yeah, you're that... making a, or, go ahead. Oh, go ahead. I know you're making a page to kind of track and log all the progress you've had. You want to plug it, man? You want anybody to uh, come in and sure, who's I'll interested? Plug it. Yeah. yeah. Uh, Calsonic pit truck build page. If you're interested, um, you know, if you're really, if you want to watch, that all unfold and all the mistakes that I make and how I fix those mistakes and all my suggestions on if you're going to do your own kind of process for this. But uh, yeah, it, uh, I've been pretty happy with everything. Um, it, I did all the mock-up and stuff. So yeah, it's, it's, I mean, yeah, <laughs> that's all okay. I'm going to say about that. <laughs> okay. But yeah, I've just, I've been, I've been on, I've been, it's just been an ongoing project in between all the millions of Z's that I'm always working on for everybody else. It's, it's like a little project that I have. Myself. You do that a lot too. I know, I know you volunteer your time for other causes. <sighs> I stretch myself pretty damn yeah. thin. Yeah. But, uh, you know, I always, I always have this, um, idea of paying it forward. You know, I teach some, you know, the whole kind of teach a man to fish type of scenario. Like I teach somebody how to do something and hopefully they teach it to five other people. So I don't have yeah. to teach those other five people. So, <laughs> but, uh, but, you know, at the end of the day, um, I'm always like to be, um, learn a new skill set. Um, kudos to anybody that's kind of doing it on their own. I always recommend doing pages since nobody reads forums. I still have a huge advocate and supporter of forums. If you are still part of a forum, make sure that you're supporting those and donating and donating information, constantly refreshing and keeping those uh, things live. That's, that's why awesome. I have this Facebook page. So hopefully it might help somebody out in the future. So best of luck to them. Good, good, good point, man. You're right. Uh, forums, uh, at least for what you're doing, is I think it's a really good. Um, uh, what would you call it? A um, consolation. Like it's, it's it got, 
it has enough logging to where you can just focus it on a particular page and, and keep on going. So yeah, I can try. Yeah. So I was able to do something similar as well during this last break here. I, um, Miles, you and I actually picked up a huge lot of Nissan 300ZX parts uh, this last summer, and uh, you know we, we know that my my right hand drive uh, Z32 300ZX has a, a engine, a spun to bearing. Yep. So one of the things that was in that lot that we were able to uh, t pick up was a, uh, a just original engine uh questionable miles you know you, there's you know but it's uh it was time for me to actually break it down kind of figure out where we're at what is its health like really so that's what i was able to do last week uh during thanksgiving break and just a quick picture few pictures though i broke into the uh the engine oh, you got lucky man that's not even you never, yes that's what i mean because you never know what you're going to get and one way is to look at the health of the oil the, the color of of uh the metal uh that it, that it the is stain, and uh, the heat stain what yeah. yeah i got this nice kind of healthy golden color uh <laughs> literally all <laughs> of these i got a healthy here. oil residue yeah burnt oil yeah. Residue. but no i honestly yeah. that's that's favorable if i took an engine apart i would probably be looking at that and yep. telling myself okay not too bad this might be able to uh, uh be a safe you know an easy fix an easy turnaround a flip if you will so, so far cool. things, yeah. So far things are looking really good. Uh, this weekend actually is going to be my um, compression tests. I'm actually, you know, throwing a transmission, flywheel, and starter on this engine just for the fact that I can spin this thing, do a compression test with the engine outside of the car, and then if we have to, I'll go even oh, even cool. deeper with a um, uh, leak down leak down tool if I have to. But uh, so far things are looking good, man. Wish me luck though. But uh, that's uh, that's my update anyway. Uh, Jonathan Wheeler says I have a VHR with unknown miles for that Z32. It's from Texas. Maybe you know the origins. Yeah, it was mine. So <laughs> <laughs> I've been I've always liked the idea of doing an HR or VHR, but it just it's all about fitment. That engine's too tall, but it can be done with a sump kit. I've looked into it. If you get the right sump kit, uh, that engine sat in my yeah. garage for what six months on a pallet. You know, and uh, and uh, backstory: Jonathan Wheeler was actually racing at Coda, and uh, ended up blowing up his engine <laughs> while while we were at a super lap battle. And he just asked me, he's like, "Hey, do you know anybody with a VHR?" And I'm like, "I might know a guy." And uh, we ended up. <laughs> you start doing. doing this. I know a guy. It's yeah, just like, like this. I know a guy, and then yeah. I might know a guy who will help you with that whole thing. And uh, so yeah, it, yeah. Uh, that actually turned out to be a really great story that we covered. I don't know which episode that was. Uh, I was last February. So last, yeah, last February. Yeah. So um, yeah, we, we had a hell of a good track Coda uh, story experience on that. So yeah, that was a fun event, but yes. Um, thank you, Mr. Wheeler, but no, we're going to go ahead. And, uh, yeah. Um, yeah. 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 Disdain from taking another VHR at this time. I'll let you know if I get any extras, I'll keep one in the, in the chamber for you in case you come back through uh, Texas and need another engine. So <laughs> but moving along right. um, so we've got uh, news to kind of cover here tonight uh, but before we do that um, let's uh, do a little uh, toast as we always do Mike go ahead yeah for those of you with us guys of course we kind of like to kick things off with a, a salute to those in the Nissan family whom we wish good health and for those we may have lost along the way let's be reminded of them uh, often uh, guys if you got with us drink what you have let's do a gunpai there you go. Poof. Clink. Goes down smooth. 
<sighs> All right. Mm. Feel good. Feel good, man. <laughs> Who's got the first story? Is that me or you? That's you. Oh, it's always me. Damn it. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> You're up. Let's do it, guys. Let's do it, guys. All right. Uh, let me just go share my screen here. So the first, um, what we like to do with Nissan News, though, is this segment essentially where we like to share latest, the latest articles from the internet regarding Nissan Dots and Infinity from both the Nissan official newsrooms and at media outlets at large. So the one that I want to share with you guys this, uh, this time around is going to be from thedrive.com. And I will share my screen on this. Let's go with it here. Lewis Hamilton hoons a rented R34 Skyline, and the owners aren't happy. I wonder why. And uh, this is actually a really good article covered by multiple outlets. Uh, a lot of people claiming it broke the internet. Lewis Hamilton's uh, Instagram had 1.7 million views of this video, which I'll share with you guys right now. Here you go. White Skyline R34. Uh, well-produced video, honestly. Uh, you see this guy, uh, I mean, for, of course we know seven-time F1 champion Lewis Hamilton. I think he knows what he's doing, and he's having some fun while he's at it. He's doing donuts in the GTR, or in the Skyline. You got smoke coming through the shift knob, man. It, it's ridiculous. <laughs> I, I I, can't tell you, I, I mean, it's ridiculous. Look at this thing. It's, uh, you can so, tell he's having fun. Let's talk about this. They strap a bunch of cameras to it. They're obviously filming it. So what has been the outcome um, from this, uh, well, this video? Well, okay, let's go with it then. So, of course, this happened during the uh, F1 uh, Japanese Grand, uh, Grand Prix. happened earlier uh, this, uh, this year. Uh, as a result, though, after this Instagram video was released... Uh, the rental company, which the, the car was actually coming from, was the Omoshiro uh, Rent-A-Car Agency just north of Tokyo. And uh, they've come out of just essentially saying they denounced this video, stating that such driving is strictly prohibited and against rental policy. Um, they actually said they didn't really want to talk too much more, pending uh, a current uh, legal matter, which means maybe there's some sort of civil suit that they plan on uh, uh, charging Lewis or and or his associates with uh, for making this video, but uh, can I, honestly, can I just yeah. say that uh, uh, people have done it with uh, Enterprise vehicles? They've done it with U-Haul uh, trucks that you can rent for advertised nineteen ninety nine while in town. Um, yeah. you know, I myself have flipped a donut on, uh, the occasional little economy, uh, enterprise vehicle. Just kidding. I, I <laughs> well, I, let me just say though, people have done worse with rental cars. I'm going to say this. And I have some evidence to share with you in, in just a minute though. I've seen guys, like you said, you mentioned U-Haul specials. I've seen guys rent a U-Haul and swap out the engine with their personal Chevy or Ford, whatever Ooh, model it is. Nice. Or they'll even upgrade. They'll take their V6 and throw it into whatever V8 model they received from that's the U-Haul. That's, that's it, another level. All right. Because I've done the research. It's the same oil filter and the same oil air and oil filters. I've, so seen, in terms of their I, I've seen people swap out seats, um, you know, leather for, for – uh, for uh, non-leather, uh, if you will, and uh, I've seen that before with rental vehicles. Because uh, yeah. being an insurance world, we've seen the occasional claim come through for that kind of stuff. But, now, uh, yeah, 
I got to say something, though. Here's my take on it, is that no matter what the charges are, odds are seven-time world champion, uh, <laughs> he can afford it. I'm just saying, Lewis Hamilton can afford whatever. I would say offered to, to buy the damn thing, even at that. If not, at least sign the dash, because whatever they can sell that car for now, because this is now a subject of a media frenzy, like they could turn around, flip that car, and all would be forgiven, I imagine. Well, let's let's call it what it is. Um, now, let's say, for instance, you're, I don't know, you're the owner of said rental car company. This is a specialized rental. It's not like Enterprise or United or anything like that, right? We're talking about something that's very specialized. So you have this business. You're excited to have somebody as premier of a star to kind of come in and drive your cars. And then next thing you know, they're doing all this uh, hoonigan, you know, hooniganism type of driving with yeah. your vehicles um you know so i mean there's a couple things i can see it from a lot of different perspectives like you're setting an expectation of you know other people can come and just do this with your vehicles and cause damage and um and not respect you know the uh the rental contract if you will yeah. or uh but then at the same time um you know people I guess they're renting this for an experience of driving that vehicle. You know, it's not like yeah. you're driving historic vehicles where you just want to be in the atmosphere of it. I mean, it's a power, a powerful vehicle. They're, they're, they're looking for that experience. So yeah. how much is good enough to get yeah. that experience of it, especially in Japan where the speed limits are strongly enforced, even though movies and, and things like that will tell us differently. Yeah. Um, the, the reality is it, it's a very speed controlled um, uh, environment, you know. So, what I do want to say though, too, is that uh, aside, I, I think that the the smoking shift knob, that's a maintenance issue. I, I would imagine <laughs> that could have happened to anybody. That that was already messed up. <laughs> no, <laughs> no. Okay. But I, I mean, I do get it. it, and this is why we we do say skyline because we it's not for sure whether it's a GTR. At least from the articles I can see too. It, most drifting is considered rear wheel drive um also i was looking at the dash the speedometer dash uh was typically gtrs have a different trim uh, a more special edition sometimes yeah. um well let also, some of our well let some of our uh our, our gtr folks kind of comment yeah. in on it and what they noticed and what they found from the article but yeah i think and you're secondly, right i thought it was a rear wheel drive only myself lastly i will say though let's i was trying to figure out how fast do you think he was going really and this is uh, this is where i nerd out for you miles check this out uh -huh. i took a screenshot of what mile uh, what lewis hamilton's driving and you hear the engine noise and you're thinking oh that's pretty fast so i'm looking at the dash you can see the screen the where i zoomed in mm -hmm. and i see one two three four five six seven eight there's ten major tick marks on the dash which i deduced comes from this speedometer which is about 100 miles an hour. He's doing about 100, 120. Now, although that is fast, it's not F1 driver, you know, fast. Uh, I think, you know, I've seen... You know, maybe they even put limiters on it. You know, yeah. we, we don't know that. Maybe they put a limiter, like a speed, uh, you know, a top speed limiter on it. Or, you know, all that can be done. Well, tell you what, but, they're probably uh, doing it now. They're probably doing it now, for sure. <laughs> I got a GTR and it's going to limit to 45 miles an hour. It's like, wow. Yeah, yeah. But, but anyway, uh, uh, the internet went crazy for this thing. Uh, tons of media outlets. Honestly, um, to me, it was cool. You know, I'm when it comes to F1, uh, Lewis Hamilton's one of the my favorite, not the favorite, but I think a really well, honest. Let's call and, it uh, what it is. I mean, regardless of of 
where your camp is. If either it's on the Hamilton side or it's opposite anywhere. of that. Yeah. You yeah. know, anywhere else. Um, you know, cause a lot of people play a lot of different favorites. Um, I will say this though. I mean, he's an accomplished driver, obviously. Yeah. So, um, he definitely had fun internet. Um, it was a wet surface too, right man. Now. But like... you know, we'll, we'll let you know what kind of, um, as it continues to unroll, cause the, unravel if you will because this is still a fairly new uh piece of news that's come out we'll legal action we'll try to we'll try to let you know what the legal aspect of is because everybody's kind of curious about what's going to happen with that i'm pretty sure it'll be resolved privately in a matter but we'll see if we can get you anything beyond that or dig a little bit more um i did want to go to some of the comments um here um let's see here kevin stefan said great now the prices are going to go up even more Eh, maybe maybe <laughs> people are already s- stocking these things in warehouses in japan just waiting to get these things on a ship yeah. as soon as the 25 year rule is passed honestly oh those yeah they're waiting to party with oh yeah them. these uh, these are coming in 2024 well, I, I mean the drift tax on the 32s is up there so 33s as well so yep uh brad mcdonald uh lewis hamilton no respect two thumbs down yeah. all right yeah. you can see that it's I understand it. Yeah. You know, yeah. and the reality is, um, you know, he'll pay in the, in the, calm down in the Japanese society though. Um, that would be extremely disrespectful. I would think, um, you know, yeah. to break a, a, and, a faithful contract like that. Well, then it's also a 24 year old car. How often, how often, what are the, there are very few places that will offer you a rental car aside from Turo, which you're going to pay a premium as it is, but an actual rent a car agency that will let you rent a 24 year old car. That's, that's N- nobody does that. It's spe- that's between. why I keep saying it's a specialized uh, rental uh, situation that you have specialized. So, yeah. Um, Bert, uh, whenever the rental car company asks if I want the insurance, I'm like, hell yeah. <laughs> Just, uh, <laughs> Cause I am going to ruin this car. That's I'm what he's going thinking. To he left ruin. that second part off. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> because, uh, because it, I think it was a famous comedian, Jeff Foxworthy said that, uh, he goes, you know, people just show no respect to rentals normally and he goes you can take my mother my grandmother and put them in a rental car and they'll be doing donuts in the parking lot and it's just you know I, it's I gonna kinda, be like uh i kind of agree with him when you don't own it you don't you just you're willing to push the envelope you know we've referenced this multiple times in the past the movie days of thunder remember when uh cold trickle oh, and uh they do the very bump, they get famous the two rental, rental cars yeah they destroy probably, both probably one of the best rental destruction uh pieces of cinema that's out there yeah so yeah <laughs> very good reference all right um yeah. let's see here kevin again and it's not like he can't buy that car multiple times if we know kevin that's it i think he's, he's gonna make a good deal either way if not he'll just drop a dime on it and be fine he'll be fine um see here uh paulo actually uh chimed in he goes an f2 driver just lost his super license for a video doing a 175 on hours we were actually going to cover that i um, saw just that. didn't have enough nissan content for us to talk well, about it. well here's the funny part i was comparing this this you know, GTR Lewis Hamilton story with that story as well. And I realized that the difference between the two drivers is uh, leverage. <laughs> the F2 <laughs> driver is not a seven-time champion. So, yeah, oh, yeah. he's going to get docked some points. He's going to get that, that a hard penalty. Meanwhile, Lewis Hamilton, they're like, you know what? He's won seven championships. We're going to let him 
you know, we'll let him slide. We'll let him slide. Yeah. But uh, he knew what he's he was worth, doing. You know, yeah. through advertising and, and uh, advertising deal, he's worth X millions of dollars. Yeah, we're gonna let him slide on that. So yeah, I kind of feel like he did Nissan a favor, man. Honestly, this the name and this the skyline's an iconic car, and they got an iconic driver with an iconic car, and in Japan, that's. I want somebody to make a spoof of it. I hope somebody makes like a like a YouTube spoof of it. That would make okay. me laugh pretty hard. So if somebody's out there listening, get on it. Make a YouTube spoof. Doesn't matter. You don't need a GTR. Maybe you do it like in another fashion. That would be pretty hilarious. But uh, <laughs> yeah. let's move right along. Um, let's go for it, Miles. What's the next I, thing that we got to cover here? You have the next article. I'll give you ah, yes. the, the wheel on it if you want. All right. Um, you can uh, bring up the article if you will. Um, so... In news as of lately, um, Nissan Nismo CEO confirms there will be a standalone hybrid sports car. Now, the big news of this that people are kind of alluding to as this vehicle, this confirmed standalone hybrid vehicle, will replace the new GTR, which, as we all know, is off the books for ordering at this point. So the 2022 GTR books are closed at this point. You cannot get a new GTR. Um, so what it basically left the R35's future um, up for grabs, you know, as far as what was happening with that vehicle. Um, so there was a lot of speculation that, and, and me and Mike, we've talked about this probably, I don't know, what was this, March, April, May? Somewhere around that time period, we got the news, we talked about it on the episode. And so we kind of knew something was happening, but we didn't know if anything was actually just, you know, it was one of those publicity type of things. But the reality is um, the GTR just was not um, cutting the emissions um, regulations, meeting all the emission regulations. Um, yeah. And it the, basically was also not selling as well. Um, the most the common country. reason for these cars being no longer sold in certain countries was because they could not meet local emission regulations. Yeah. 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 Um, so uh, I'm going to take a few quotes here from it. It goes, the news about the sports car was shared by Takao Katajiri, a Nissan Nismo CEO, speaking to Autocar at the time. It was all, he also spoke to a couple other publications. The CEO revealed they are going to introduce a very exciting model under the Nismo brand, adding that the UK market is very special for the brand uh, Nissan. Uh, Katajiri said there is a very important vision in Europe for Nissan. It's around the heart of this new unknown model. Uh, the yet untamed model will be Nissan's only sports car in Europe as the GTR ha was discontinued earlier uh, than discontinued other than in other regions while the new nissan z is not available in the old continent due to the strict emission regulations thankfully that... though nissan will also bring it to the u.s as confirmed by nismo ceo that's what threw me by surprise the new z which is i mean a newer platform than the vq which i would think by technology and advancements would have even greater emissions, uh, lower uh, amount of emissions still can't be sold in, in Europe because of emissions. That, that took me by surprise. Well, we knew, I, I think what it is, is that we've got so much of the EV world that's, that's apply or, or so much of the world that's applying these regulations now for hybrid vehicles, or, you know, cause that's all people can really get or full EV. But there, there's something that I want people to realize when you're when you're hearing this news and of course reading these articles is that 
even though this is what Nissan's pushing, the date that they're stating on these is not 2023. So the expectation is this vehicle that is being rumored. Yeah. I don't see us even seeing this. In it's not overnight. It's, the, no, it's going to be closer I, it, to that 2030 program, that ambition. And I read about three different articles talking about the same matter. And it said, you know, this is kind of an odd situation because Nissan is pushing this unknown hybrid vehicle underneath the Nismo brand. But at the same time, with no reasonable time period of release, this could be two, three, four years. And the reality is this may not even be a full EV vehicle. This could be, the reality is it's probably going to be a hybrid vehicle because um, quite honestly, the, the technology is not there. And I'm hearing yeah. new model, but I would really be disappointed and I'm nothing against this model, but like if we had a Nismo Araya or a Nismo, you know, EVZ um, or a hybrid Z, I would I would feel like I kind of got uh, what's that uh, when you, when you're uh, when a, a they call it uh, fish hooking <laughs> um, catfished catfish. you know I, I would feel like I got catfished in that situation um, you know and I kind of feel like that may be a situation I'm mean, not saying anything bad against Nissan but from time to time you know maybe they had intentions to do something and then they just release something different. Um, I did want to go ahead and give this piece of it. Before a fully electric sports car arrives, Nissan will launch more mainstream EVs, expanding its range next to the Leaf and the Araya. Among them will be the next generation of the Nissan Micra, set to adopt a crossover super mini body style sharing the CMFB EV uh, architecture with the upcoming Renault 5. What I took from that i think one one of the words they missed was these are all you're talking about this advancement of other evs they're all commuter cars they're not performance cars so in terms of the the, the demands that you're putting on that battery or that motor and still expecting the same amount of range from the same charge that's where i think they're they're, they're trying to build up the coffers they're trying to get this commuter commuter car nailed in and perfected well uh, before they really start investing heavily on the high-performance, long-range uh, vehicle. You know? And I would agree with you. And the other thing that kind of gets me upset is <sighs> I hate watering down the Nismo brand because it's been done once or twice in the history of Nismo, you know, where you'll buy a Nismo vehicle thinking that it's going to be really done over, but it was just watered down with the, with the decals and the, the aesthetics, but the reality is there was really no additional performance that was that was put into that or additional thought process that was put into that model. That happened all along the um, um, the late two uh, the late two thousands. You know that happened with uh, the Centras and the, some of the the, the Frontiers, and, and I only say that because I was a huge fan of those Nissan models that came out at the time. And the reality is you just weren't getting well, what you, you would the, know what you owned one, yeah. <laughs> There you go. But uh, the reality is, and now all the Nismo stuff that's coming out is extremely um, well thought out and well put out. The Nismo 350Z, starting from there on, is really where, in my opinion, where you had performance track additions, Nismo models, aerodynamics that matter. You know, the GTR Nismo, hell of a beautiful car. And, uh, you know, just got so much for, for, the, uh, um, uh, for buying the brand. So I just, I hope that they're, they're doing that 
um, with that in mind. I hope when you're buying a NISMO model, you're buying an actual performance model yeah. and not necessarily just buying the aesthetics or if you will for it. So okay. we'll see again, this could be happening um, doubtfully in 2023. This could be happening in 2027. We may change our stance on this. Who knows? <laughs> but for right now, this is very vague. Uh, yep. Not a lot of news, not a lot of detail. And we tried yep. to make the best of telling you about well, this without giving you too much. Well, what I wanted to speculate, well, I shouldn't even say, well, I guess I <laughs> speculate's probably the safe word that I can use though. But, yeah. you know, in, in previous episodes, we've talked about the advancement and the investments Nissan are making into their, their battery division. Mm-hmm. And one of the things was the development of a solid state battery. It's, it's a faster charge and decharge or uh, faster to charge, uh, lighter, more affordable type of battery with longer range. And, and for example, that battery, which we know based on past articles, is it won't even enter production, uh, even in the smallest numbers, until 2028. So sure. I think, yeah, like you said, you you are right. This is gonna this is not gonna be overnight. It's gonna take some time for this to really develop, uh, especially with the battery development you're saying. And in the meantime, yeah, we'll, I think we'll see more of a hybrid power um, gasoline engine with you know, the EV assist. Uh, not only is it because of emission standards, perhaps, or, uh, you know, e- honestly, EV uh, hybrids can actually be used as an assist on top of the motor, give you more power anyway. Uh, depends on how you use it. But I mean, there's so uh, many of this that there's recovery systems, you know, that 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 was technology that was tried before. And uh, it's a possibility for the future if it's been perfected. But, you know, the other thing, too, the reality is the EV models and these hybrids are going to be the future of what's going to be launched out, if anything, for the flagships and potentially making its way to the Nismo brand. That's an inevitability when that's going to happen. It's hard to say. Yeah. Um, uh, one thing I did want to say is um, I did want to read this last piece. While Nismo wasn't specific in terms of the underpinning, it is believed that the sports car will use a hybrid powertrain. Kadajiri spoke about a combination of hybrid and EV launches for the future, which yes. I believe. However, high-ranked Nissan officials previously said that the performance-focused EVs should use solid-state battery technology. That's where, that's exactly. Which is still years away from production. A pure ICE powertrain simply would comply with Europe's emissions regulations, which are higher of standard than than most other um, continents. So a hybrid sports car is the only viable option for the near future, paving the way for EV only proposals later on. I agree to that. Amen. So, so again, not only would you be catfished with the option of future options, I felt like this article was a bit of a catfish too, as well. I feel like (laughs) too much. I feel like it's just one big fat question mark. And here we've talked about it for 20 minutes. So either I wasted your time or I just gave you food for thought. So we just gave you something you can talk about at a, at a, like a mixer, you know, you're meeting strangers and all of a sudden you start talking about nerding out on Nissans and they're like, you want to get out of here? Uh, just, yeah. Like, like, can we just, does anybody want to change seats? Just like, just... <laughs> uh, can I get away from this guy? Yeah, can you get away with this guy? Yeah. Anybody? So, but uh, yeah. yeah, and we'll go from there. Uh, comments, uh, Harold, uh, Nissan Leaf Nismo. Woohoo. Yeah, I could see that. Um, the Leaf, I would say that the, um, uh, the racing version of the Leaf that just came out is uh, is pretty damn impressive. So, and, 
we're seeing, I think Bertel Maddock also mentioned it too, as far as, you know, when it comes to competition, uh, Toyota has the GR uh, Corolla. Which Dude, is it's a bad boy. Shell. It is a bad boy. Yeah. And honestly, again, and I'm, I just say this as an automotive fan in general, the uh, Toyota Prius has had a total revamp offering more power, all-wheel drive, and what looks to be a very small sedan, potentially a coupe silhouette or shape. So it could be competitive, and we need something to compete against that, especially the EV. So the Leaf, if they can hot ride a Leaf, uh, I think hot they can ride. do it as well. And he, he, Bert Matic also talks about the, uh, yeah, the Nissan March as well. Yeah. Well, oh yeah, there we go. We talked about the future. <laughs> I'm sure we're gonna have lots more Nissan Nerd podcasts to talk about and uh, and swoon over that yeah. back alley chats. But yeah, that's everything that we got for right now. Um, in the meantime, can uh, we talk about something more power related? Power related? Yeah, I'm just joking. Go ahead. <laughs> oh yeah. <laughs> well, tell you what. Yeah, I do want to have one more article that we want to do as part of the. Uh, uh, Nissan news segment that we have, and really uh-huh. it's a public service announcement, and uh, we'll go ahead and talk about it for just a second here. The uh, 125,000 Nissan Rogues have been recalled, uh, citing a potential fire due to a water leak, and this is affecting Nissan Rogue models in the U.S. and in Canada. This leak that they're talking about could potentially happen underneath the dash uh, of the Rogue, uh, causing corrosion to a dash side harness connector. And that dash side harness connector uh, delivers power uh, for the uh, <laughs> to the uh, driver window, uh, driver passenger uh, power seats. Um, it can cause these things to stop operating. It can actually, actually cause a uh, all-wheel drive warning light. And then also, not to mention the thermal damage to the connector that would cause the fire. So, so the seats catch on fire? Not the seats, but the connector. The crotch it's area? The, <laughs> <laughs> the uh, uh, I'm trying to think about. The warmer? They have, they have seat warmers. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But uh, that's always the one I always put. I turn on whenever, whenever I go pick up a pizza. I use the passenger side seat warmer. Just It does nothing. I know it does nothing. But I'm like, so you makes me feel put, good inside. You put the passenger side heater on. And then you put your pizza on top of that. Why would you keep the pizza warm? Yes, it doesn't help. It doesn't hurt. I'm just saying. I actually put a seatbelt on the pizza because that's how much I care about it. Because I'm really hungry and <laughs> internal fat kid is applauding you right now. All right, I, moving I, I, yeah, on. No. Yeah, I should mention a... one last thing. Uh, it oh. was the one we thank you. Please. This is, uh, there was a previous recall on the Rogues. This was affecting the 2014 to 2016 Rogues. This recent recall is for the 2017. So what Nissan has essentially done is expanded the range of the Rogue models that could potentially have this issue. So if you are a Rogue owner between 2014 and 2017, uh, dealers are being informed now. There, There is an inspection process and then also a replacement process uh, for that connector we were talking about. In case it is, uh... go get your plugs checked out, people. Go get the <laughs> plugs checked out. I'm here to check out your Miles, plugs. Miles said it. Yeah, that, that. In summary, yes, get your plugs checked. Yeah, go get your plugs checked. <laughs> uh, I'm here to get my plugs checked. That sounds like a bad adult video. All right, but uh, moving along. Um, now, what else do we have to cover? Well, no, that covers our. Uh, Nissan news segment. Now we've got motorsports. 
And uh, uh, Motorsports, our next segment here. Uh, Miles, uh, I guess I got the first one as well. Let me go ahead and jump on. <laughs> Calm down. <laughs> I guess I'm carrying this whole show today. All right. I guess you <laughs> sit there and look pretty, Miles. Don't worry about it. I'm going to go ahead and talk for you. <laughs> Let's see what you got. All right. This, uh, the first thing we want to talk about here as part of our motorsports update, uh, we talk about Formula E a lot, and this is no exception. Uh, there is no racing that has occurred at this point. However, there has been some news, and I'll share it here. Uh, Nissan has debuted its new livery of its Formula E uh uh, cars for season nine and uh, you can see the picture here uh, what they call this a uh, Japanese inspired cherry blossom pattern that represents new beginnings for the gen 3 car as well as the team which will race mm. under the Nissan name for the very first time so Nissan is always Nissan hasn't been involved in Formula E for five years now however you know we've mentioned in the past it was the Nissan sponsored edams team uh, Edams is just a uh, was a racing team. Uh, since then, over the last let's say three to four months, Nissan has taken over full uh, ownership of the team, and that's where you get this new season in 2023 will be Nissan's Formula E team. So uh, the uh, symbolism behind the livery is to reflect that, as well as the Gen 3 car, which I think we need to be very very excited about because. Uh, this new generation Formula E car is 25% faster, it's lighter, it's all-wheel drive now, and oftentimes you're going to be racing on the same tracks as you were these last eight years. Honestly, I'm seeing a car that is outgrowing the tracks which uh, they've been using. So this year is going to be, I think, a uh, an exciting year. I think it's going to highlight a lot of uh, improvements that Formula E will have to make to accommodate these cars' performance. So I think it's going to be a really, really good mixture uh, to watch. So for those of you that are even the remotely interested in Formula E, this season is going to be probably one of the most exciting seasons that we've had in a very long time. Nissan's Keep in mind it. also, and the changes yeah. have occurred too as well, that you know they're no longer doing the fan boost. If you're familiar with that, if you're not familiar with it, I'm not going to waste time talking about it because it we weren't the hugest fans of it, of the boost. <laughs> but uh, the other thing, too, is they're getting rid of the Super Mario-like uh, rumble strip uh, star boost uh, that you could drive <laughs> over. And, uh, yeah, I'm making fun of it. But the reality is there was a strip you could drive over, and it would allow you to uh, to excrete additional power um, uh, from your vehicle. Um, the reality is now that those, um, those boosts are going to be given – um, during the pitting process. So it is going to make for a little more like a, uh, like a racing chess match. Like you would see something similar uh, for, uh, for the, uh, for formula uh, two and one. So, yeah, you are right though. Yes, they are getting rid of fan boost and the idea of having a charged pit stop. So now you start introducing different strategies. Uh, it is a transition. They're trickling in this concept uh, this next year. Uh, and if it is successful, I would imagine 2024, uh, even further along, we'll probably uh, might see a full implementation. And not to mention the drivers are, are changing a little bit this year, too, as well. So uh, we'll keep them. you up. Yeah, both of them. Yeah, they're cleaning house. So uh, <laughs> it was kind of crazy. So it's going to be a completely new year. We'll see if uh, Nissan sticks with it and uh, is competitive and does a great time or if they're going to do the whole lose for two seasons and take the ball and go home. 
uh, which has happened in the past. So I hope they stick with it because they really have been making a benchmark um, in this series. I feel like Nissan's one of the one of the big um, uh, uh, manufacturers um, that has has done a lot to improve Formula E, and I think it would be a. Um, and might I add, you, you're absolutely right. Nissan is actually powering the McLaren team for 2023. So not not only are you having a Nissan team with two cars, now you have two McLaren cars powered by Nissan. So I think, of course, if both teams can have a podium finish near the end of this season, uh, it's gonna, really going to say a lot about Nissan's investment uh, paying off. I think so. I mean, I think it's the series that hasn't taken off. I think Nissan's investment in this and Nissan's um, – uh, the payoff has kind of been there. I, I would think that they would should have had a little, uh, a little more success. But at the same time, you know, with everything that's coming with all these changes, maybe this is the opportunity that Nissan needs to start laying down some, uh, um, some championship, uh, some goals towards the championship. We'll see. We'll let you know as we kind of move forward. So. I do want to have one thing to, to mention too about this new livery. It's been stated uh, online as well. Is <laughs> this kind of looks like a Ferrari style <laughs> livery because you, Ferrari's red, obviously. Ferrari, one of Ferrari's sponsors, which you'll always that you've seen on their livery on their cars for a long time, is Shell. Shell. First of I kind of said the same thing too when I saw it. I was just like, this looks exactly like Ferrari colors. But... That's what got me too, and I was like, well, you know, Shell's typically. You know, oil and gas. What are they doing on an e-car? That seems really confusing. And uh, what they did mention it just briefly here in this article, though. What Shell is doing is that they are uh, supporting development of specialized e-fluids uh, designed to optimize the efficiency of EVs, as well as expanding uh, EV charging networks, uh, you know, worldwide, essentially. So. Shell, just a side note, Shell is uh, recognizing there is a change and, you know, maybe you know they're getting out of, I'm not saying they're getting out of gas right now, but they are recognizing <laughs> that there is a future please, and they are Please they are don't take that it. statement uh, likely because Shell is still putting out gas, all right? So. Having said that, I'm going to, we, we know how oil and gas can be fair, fairly, uh, <laughs> I need to fill up tonight. <laughs> I come back with a black eye and uh, oh, I love Shell. Like they, I get beat up because they, they heard <laughs> so I said something. Bunch oh yeah, they're here to stay, guys. House. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> uh, yeah, but yeah, the livery kind of uh, it threw me off a little bit when I first saw it uh, for the colors too, as well. I was like, man, I almost wanted to see Marlboro across the side, but I thought uh, the same thing. This V shape up in front reminds me of a pack of Marlboros, dude. No, well, that I mean, was... it it has that the, the Marlboro racing signature. Old school, yeah, yeah, old school, yeah. Oh, who was that? I don't know. If anybody remembers who was who was a. Uh, uh, the famous racer. I want to say, wasn't it? McLaren? Was it McLaren had a more? You know what? You might be right. I don't know. Oh, my God. We look such such. such that's right now for that's for our podcast on Saturday, the F1 Nerd Podcast. And the F1 Nerd Podcast, continue. which we uh, also have nothing but bad information about. So good job. Bad information always. <laughs> <laughs> but, uh, yeah, that's uh, that's all I have really for – that's all you have for motorsports. Uh, you know, for Super GT right now, um, obviously we just – uh, finished with an amazing season uh, where the uh, Calsonic team came out on on top. Uh, we talked about that in great length on the last episode. So if you want to hear anything about Super GT, go back and listen to the last episode because we talked about it in great length. This episode, I'm not going to talk about it in great length. All I'm going to tell you is 
that the new season uh, will be coming out here um, uh, in 2023. Uh, the event schedule was released, and you are going to hold me to it. But I want to say the 2023 lineup was set for March. I'll give you the dates at a later time when we get closer to the event. Uh, that's okay. all I got for now. Cool. No problem. Right. Uh, the last section uh, or thing we want to talk about regarding our motorsports update is the Nissan Challenge. That is a, uh, you might call it a grassroots racing series out of California. Uh, multiple classes of racing uh, happening, all of which are Nissan models, uh, Nissan Infinity, uh, uh, Datsun uh, models, and uh we are just kind of getting into this uh, catching wind of what this series is all about. Honestly, we talked about it in depth uh, our last episode, uh, episode 58. So if you are curious about some grassroots racing, Nissan racing in California, Southern California, check out our last episode. It'll tell you more about it. But uh, as far as for this week, uh, nothing new to report except that the fact that the next round and final round will occur this weekend. December 11th at Willow Springs International Raceway uh, is where you'll find the Nissan Challenge uh, final round. And next episode, we will go ahead and give you an update on what that was about. And they will be doing that event rain or shine. So uh, definitely, uh, if you are in the neck of the woods, highly recommend attending it. Highly recommend supporting it. Because um, again, this is a Nissan-based uh, event. Um, so I, uh, I've really enjoyed everything that's kind of come through the last season. And, um, and honestly, I just, uh, I appreciate the fact that they're putting together such a well, uh, well done event. So, yeah, we'll continue to monitor that and, uh, move forward as, uh, as we get more news and, uh, how the final season is going to uh, shake out. So. Gotcha. I'm excited though. Uh, I think we'll I definitely have more, uh, for motorsports and specifically that that uh, league uh, coming up uh, next year, which not too yeah. far along from now. So yes, yeah, not too yes, far. Yes, yes. All right, Miles. Uh, honestly, guys, that covers up our new our motorsports update and our Nissan news. Uh, typically, what we do at this part of the episode or this part of the show is uh, we've got a very nice uh, special segment for you guys. Miles, you want to do the honors? Sure. Um, so uh, this is actually an interview that we've kind of put together um, as we – an article came out here last time from uh, – I think it was uh, Bang Shift uh, put yep. together a uh, an episode – uh, or excuse me, an article where it talked about the opt uh, the Optima Ultimate uh, Street Challenge car invitational, and that the fact that a Nissan GTR had won the title uh, for the first time in the uh, series's history. Um, so we actually caught wind of it. We read the article, and we were super excited about it. And we just hated the fact that this um, this GTR just wasn't really getting the love that we would normally see. Uh, from an Optima Challenge. So we said, you know what? We wanted to kind of meet these guys and talk about that. Um, our good friend Haley actually put that introduction together. And um, we were able, actually able to kind of talk to them offline. And uh, we were lucky enough to uh, secure an interview here today. Uh, Bob Scobie and Brian Vela um, from BBE Performance were nice enough to kind of come on the show and talk about their experience uh, up until um, all through the Optima Challenge, which was the pre- uh, pre-existing years and then of course this year um that they uh became the champions of that uh, of that event um so uh bob scobie and brian Villar are from uh, arizona 
and we would like to have them kind of come on. Uh, they are in our green room. Let's go ahead and bring them yes. on. Uh, first up, uh, let's go ahead and bring on Bob, uh, Bob Scobie. Bob, uh, let's go ahead and do this. Of course, like you're right. Uh, Bob, we're going to bring you on here. Uh, there you are, man. <laughs> hey there. Hey, now I got to apologize. I was trying to correct Miles as we were doing this. It's Sobe, Bob Sobe. 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 There's no C. That was my mistake, my mistake especially yeah. in the beginning of the show. The and B is silent. I'm sorry. Gotcha. All right. <laughs> C is silent. <laughs> Haley's definitely on your side, too, making it yeah, very, very Haley obvious for us. spelled it out for you right there. Yes. Yes, yes, yes. yes. My apologies. My apologies. <laughs> I should have known this. And here we are. Already it's off to right. a good it's start. All right. All right. <laughs> now, you're, you're in Arizona right now. Is that is that right? Yes, sir. Beautiful Arizona. Yeah. How long? How long you been? Are you born and raised, or? Uh... Yes. Oh man. Yes, I've, sir. Uh, now we, you're we... the uh, the owner and driver and car technician of the 2013 GTR uh, that won this year. Yes, I am. I do have uh, a partner that works with me at my shop that's <laughs> heavily involved in the car as well. Uh, we'll be bringing on here uh, Mr. Brian Vella here in just a second. And um, I want to talk a little bit uh, about your history, if we could. Now, now, uh, Bob, how did you get into racing initially? Um, now, was this always in cars or did you start off with like a different platform, maybe motorcycles or anything like that? No, when I was young, I raced motorcycles for a little bit and uh, I was okay in the motorcycles, but man, every now and then I would have a crash and I'd break a bunch of bones and it'd take a while to heal up. And, and uh, so I, I did that for a little while and then uh, switched over to cars and realized, man, you can, if you crash in a car, you'd have to do something really bad to break bones and get tore up like on a motorcycle. So we started yeah. focusing on that. And actually my first race car was a Mazda RX seven. Oh, wow. I actually had two of them. I had a, a really badass streetcar Mazda RX seven. And then I had a, a showroom stock, a car, rx7 for uh club racing what uh what generation was that uh fc or f scca are you racing in the SCCA back in uh 1980 okay three maybe quite a while ago okay job. i won i started out in with my streetcar RX-7, I was doing autocrossing. And we okay. won the Southern Pacific Division in autocrossing back in like 1981, maybe, or 82. And then I bought a 1980 RX-7. And it was a showroom stock A car, SCCA and uh started running that in club racing and i was just super fast in that car i mean i would lap the field and uh and we uh my employer at the time i was working for harley davidson kawasaki motorcycles i was a service manager and uh the guy that owned the business 
he came out to a couple of the club races to watch and he just saw us dominate and he was like, Hey, if I buy a GT one Corvette, will you drive it for me? And I'm like, heck yeah. (laughs) (laughs) And uh, to be honest with you, we actually thought at the time that GT one SCCA actually paid money. Uh, we didn't do our research very well, obviously, <laughs> but, uh, so we had this 1967 Corvette GT one car. Um, and, uh, we ran that and I was doing really well with it. And, uh, we, he realized that, uh, after a few races that there is no money in that. And then, uh, but he, he was hooked the car owner and he was, Hey, if what, if I buy a Trans Am car, you know, an SCCA pro racing Trans Am car, okay. uh, you want to drive it? <laughs> I'm like, Again. yeah, <laughs> racing. that's what pays money. And, uh, we show up at Riverside, which is gone now, but Riverside raceway in 1986. And I'm thinking, cause I'm used to, winning i'm just you know we're in all these club races we're just destroying everybody and uh so we go to our first pro race uh at riverside and i mean holy smokes what an eye opener uh we get there and i mean gosh i I think we qualified like 21st or 23rd out of 42 cars and I was okay. like, oh, my gosh, you know, I'm not as fast as I thought I was. <laughs> yeah. But uh, but we started racing then, and then we stayed on. We ran the whole season. And uh, each year we got progressively better. Okay. And uh, I don't want to – I'm sure you guys have questions. I don't want to – Oh, do oh no. Dog. Oh, uh, I understand. I know, well, you mentioned the Trans Am series, though, because you were pretty heavily involved with that, though. I, I, I Yes, I it started in 86. We started running uh, in 86, and we ran all the way through full season, all full seasons, all the way through 91. Okay. And then 92, we retired. And Mike, uh, then, give me the steering wheel real quick. I sure, want to sure. show your old Corvette. Oh, yeah. Oh, you have yeah, pictures yeah. of the old Corvette? Oh, hey. I get. Hey, we, we you dig, guys sir. Are good. Oh, sir, man. I'm super sneaky. This, all right. <laughs> that's, it's in the podcast name, man. We're nerds for this stuff, man. I'm telling you. Let's no, make sure this actually, is the right one. Is this the one you're talking is. about? Yeah. <laughs> that was it. That was Sally. Wow. Nicknamed Sally. <laughs> yeah. So, could you imagine some guy buying that car and going, hey, you want to drive this for me? Hmm, let me think about that. It'll take half a second to answer. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> wow. Oh, man. Was this around the time? So, you know, we, we did have a little bit of talking beforehand. I know you mentioned a really a, a historic track that you had the chance to, to race on. Uh, specifically. Yes, that's the one. Okay, yes, yes. Uh, yeah, was this part so, of the Trans Am or is this later? No, this was IMSA. Um, so I, I quit. I, I quit racing SCCA in uh, 92 and uh, I went actually went to work for SCCA in 92. I did that for a year. And then uh, in 93, I went to work for a, a friend of ours, uh, Les Lindley. He, uh, he used to run Trans Am with us uh, as a competitor. 
that's where we got to know him. And uh, in 93, he was racing IMSA GTO class, which is very similar to Trans Am class. Okay. Uh, and uh, he hired me on to work on the car, set up the car, test drive the car before the race, make sure it's all dialed in. Well, he ended up winning GTO class in IMSA for 93. So he got invited to Suzuka, Japan to compete against the Skylines. Oh, wow. And uh, it was a 500 kilometer race. So he needed a co-driver. And uh, I went with him to Japan and uh, I actually put the car on the pole and uh, he started the race on the pole, ran, uh, ran probably a fourth of the race, came in, I think he was probably in like third place at the time. I got, got in the car, got back in the lead, uh, ran my stint and uh, came Mike, in. Give me that steering wheel. Go, 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 go ahead, ahead keep with the story. Yeah. <laughs> ran that stint, and then uh, he got back in the car and ran another stint. And uh, I think he fell back to maybe fourth during his stint. And then I was in for the, the last stint, which ended it at night. And uh, I ended up getting back in the lead. And uh, with about two laps to go, well, that's my SCCA Trans Am car. Okay. Uh, that's not what we won the Suzuka race with, but that was a very badass car. The car that I the car that I won at Suzuka was the exact same chassis as that, but it had a Ford Mustang body on it with a Chevy motor called a Control. <laughs> wow. But, yeah. Uh, but uh, yeah, so with about three laps to go, I was I was gonna lap the second place skyline and um, on the radio the crew chief was yelling at me to just stay behind him and you know i'm young and dumb and i thinking i can lap this guy with a couple laps to go and i i go to lap him and i didn't have i didn't even think that the guy would try to crash me as i'm going by him really but the crew chief knew that but i didn't so Oh. At about 150, I go to shoot by him, and he just sideswipes me right off the track through the grass. What? And as I'm spinning around through the grass, hoping I'm not going to hit anything, it dawned on me, hey, that's why the crew chief said don't try to pass him. <laughs> like, the whole time, like, that's what he meant. Oh. <laughs> so I came, I came back on the track. Uh, like we record still, scratch. It was, yeah. Yeah. We, we had like one lap to go and I, I was on fire. I was so mad. And I, I came up on him like gangbusters and there was just like three corners to go and I'm all over him. I'm all over him. Crew chiefs yelling at me. Don't do it. Don't do it. Don't do it. And I'm like, Oh, I'm getting by this guy. And uh, luckily I got by him. He didn't hit me. So we ended up putting a lap on the field in our class and, won the overall and that was that was a really cool deal that's that's an amazing story man <laughs> yeah it was you're, it was super big it was the golden era of japanese racing i would say and you're at one of the most historic tracks in japan 
super fast track. I mean, yeah. now if I had to go there, I would be pretty daggone nervous to try to go fast around that track because it <laughs> it's a very fast track. And uh, every time I'd go down the straight, I mean, I was running like 201, 200, 201 down the straightaway, and then you just dive into turn one at about a 175, maybe 180, and it's just like, you know, I tell everybody, yeah, you just take a breath and you throw your balls out the window and you turn. <laughs> and, you know, and, and that's just every lap, you know, that's just kind of how you felt going through there. But uh, it was good times. Well, let's that's talk awesome. a little bit about um, one of the guys that you have in your corner, um, probably your right-hand man. Uh, you couldn't really do it without him. We've talked kind of um, – uh, we talked previously before this episode and uh, you know, we realized that uh, one of the best people that in your corner to help get you where you need to be is uh, your, I guess it would be your crew chief um, and builder, Mr. Brian Vela. Is that correct? Absolutely. Let's go ahead and bring on Brian with us. All right, man. All right, let's do it here. Uh, Mr. Brian Vela, you there, buddy? Yes, sir. How you guys doing? Damn, there he is. Doing well, buddy, man. Thank you for being now, with us as well. Like I've said before, uh, Brian is your right hand. And why is he your right hand? You guys have been friends since you were youths. Um, 15. For many, many years. Uh, over 45 years now. 45 yeah. years you've trusted wow. everything that that man has uh has uh, put you into. Oh yeah. So you trust your life with him all the yeah. time. <laughs> Whenever he says, don't ask, just, just trust me. Like, yeah, just trust okay. me. Yeah. <laughs> all right. So I'm going to ask you guys have obviously developed a good friendship via trust and everything else, but uh, how did it all begin? Uh, how did you guys meet? <laughs> what happened, man? No, that's, that's your story. Not mine. <laughs> it involves you. So, so you want to go ahead, Brian. Oh, go ahead. You, you got the story. <laughs> no, you first. No, you first. <laughs> who's who's you, me or Brian? Uh, oh, it's going to be Bob. Because yeah, okay. Bob. Bob will spill so, the beans. <laughs> <laughs> so I met Brian when I was 15. I was, uh, I went over to my buddy's house. Uh, I was dating his, uh, my friend's sister. And uh, he was like, hey, you got to meet this guy, Brian. He's, he's a pretty cool guy. So I had over, I head over there with one of my other friends. And, and I'm like, hey, so where's, Brian, where's this guy Brian at? And he goes, oh. And he points down the street about five houses. And he goes, see that guy siphoning gas out of that car? <laughs> That's him. And I'm like, oh, my gosh. There he is he's out there. And he's siphoning gas. And what did There's I say? I, said, I just kind of feel like he needs a backstory like that. Uh, it needs to be like a, like a, just an iconic seventies song <laughs> in the background. Well, Wait, granted, this dude? was in the seventies. This yeah. was in the seventies. Yeah, and that was it. This was just, a long time ago. Like that. He would just be like that. Siphoning gas. Cigarette <laughs> <laughs> out the mouth. And goes, what do you need kid? <laughs> see, I'm, busy. I'm at my job right now <laughs> that's such an awesome story man i know it's, uh, it's, that oh, is man. a great story great I first wish, impression I, yeah, yeah. A great first impression it ain't gonna beat it 
But uh, so that's how you two met. You obviously bonded and, at an early age after that. And you basically, uh, I guess, formulated, if you were, a team. And you guys were teammates uh, or worked on a team together up until. Yeah, actually. One? Uh, Is that right? Yeah, Brian uh, worked at the motorcycle shop with us. And that's where we uh, started working on like the club racing cars. Oh, wow. Okay. And, uh, and then uh, when we went professional racing in 86, Brian was full time on that all the way, all the way to the 92. And then in 92, he can pick up this and tell him when, when our team shut down in 92, he went to the Archer brothers yeah, yeah, Brian, you went big time for a little while. Yeah, I went went to the Archer Brothers. That was the first year that uh, Dodge came back to motorsports racing in '92. What was that like? It was Talk it was big it. it was big time there. We ran a two car team with the Archer Brothers, Tommy and Bobby Archer. And Talk was a little bit about it. Like, uh, so you know, how intimidated were you going from your previous setting into something like that? It was it was, a, it, was it was you know just a it was natural for me because I mean. Excellent. I piss excellent. Working on the same kind of car, so yeah. Man, that's crazy. Yeah. So you were operating at that level. So the two of you were kind of separated. Yeah, separated a little for, for a few years, yeah. For a little while. All right. Now when did you the two of you have an opportunity to kind of work on something together or or, or operate a um I guess a race car uh, together in a season? Well, well, when's the next been... time you guys would get together? Uh, 2013, we got hooked back. I mean, we've always been close, but, you know, I was doing my thing and he was doing his thing. I was actually from 92 to 2004, I was actually involved in uh, in NASCAR quite a, quite heavily. That so, is a long period yeah, of time, man. Yeah. We'll talk about that. I can't let that time period go uh, without you talking I, about it. I had a company here in town. I was a partner with a guy and we designed and manufactured racing transmissions for NASCAR and Trans Am and all other kinds of series. So, oh, transmission was it the four speed? Uh, well, they, uh, the the four speed was for the NASCAR, yes. Okay. But then we did. We also had the five speed that pretty much ninety five percent of all the Trans Am cars ran too. So. Yeah, the Ulans. Yeah, Ulan. Yeah. Good job. All right, so you've got a NASCAR uh, transmission genius. Well, I was actually uh, on a NASCAR truck team too. The first year the trucks ran. Oh really? Oh. Yeah. No. <laughs> Dang, man. No. That's, I that's no like, joke, I man. I feel like yeah. you're underplaying your skills, Brian. That's no. <laughs> good. Actually, in, involved in IndyCar for a few years in the early, in the late 70s, early 80s. Man, it's and a so little bit of NHR history. history and, I mean, during that time period, it's, if you will, that's kind of the golden age of. Oh, absolutely. Yeah. Then, so you, yeah. I'm assuming you met all the. Everybody the, you wanted to the meet the stars, from that time you know, of oh, the yeah. time or the czars. Yep. Yeah. Yep. <laughs> well, that's that's very cool, man. So, I, yeah. go ahead. Oh, no, if, if it's great with you, I was going to take a moment. Uh, honestly, guys, you are, you all are getting a lot of love from the, uh, the guys that are participating online and just wanted to share some with you. Uh, we have here, uh, Jack McGee is saying the man and the myth, the legend, uh, <laughs> I'm I'm assuming it might be somebody you know as well. You know, uh, these guys are definitely fans for you guys. Uh, we have uh, let's see here, 
Uh, Haley always is coming in here. Uh, look at the trophies. Uh, amazing. Uh, guy goes, uh, Jack again goes, trophy's huge. It may look small, but it's it's no joke. And, uh, Haley with Can the I give a shout-out to, to Jack McGee as well? Because yeah. Jack McGee is one of our major sponsors. He owns uh, Jack's Transmissions in Colorado. Oh. He is a wizard on the uh, GR6 GTR transmission. No so, way. Uh, he he's a legend of his of his of his own self as well. Oh, awesome! Well, I mean, for the guys that are with us, Jack as well, man. Thank you for uh, participating. Big and, shout out to Jack. What what <laughs> I wanted right. to encourage, what I, you know, I should have mentioned this in the beginning of the interview. For those of you that are online, what we want to do at the end is have an open forum. If anybody has any questions for Bob or for Brian. Throw them in the comments, and uh, we'll, we'll, we'll throw out a small segment at the end to where we can maybe share some of your questions. So I want to do that, but also uh, to come back to what Haley said. She had a zinger saying about those trophies. Uh, you know, when Jack said had, had said uh, uh, they're huge, they look small in the background, but it's no joke. Haley comes back, that's what she says, so that was a good one. <laughs> hey, look, I got huge hands. I've got huge hands. Look how small yeah. my hands yeah. are. all right guys so we've talked about the men um about uh, what it it, it kind of took to put you in uh, this arena so let's talk a little bit about uh the vehicle um and uh what we're kind of messing with here so you guys took a 2013 nissan gtr and chose to basically enter if you will this optima challenge what was your uh, original expectations of what it was going to, what you were going to be doing with this GTR when you stepped into the Optima ring, as it were? We thought we would just show up and dominate. We uh, <laughs> we expected it to be super easy. Looks really easy on TV, and with our background, we were like, "Oh man, this is going to be a piece of cake." And uh, it turned out to be just the opposite. And I, I had to really eat crow because. I had told all my friends and we had a whole bunch of people show up for the first event and uh, we just looked horrible out there. We, we, we were barely a mid pack runner out of, you know, 95 cars. We were mid pack and it was just so me and my wife got into a big argument because she's just, I'm down on myself because we're just not going very fast. And she's just twisting the knife, you know, like <laughs> holding the arms up, you know, when I come in off the Sir, track. Uh, can I, what are you can doing? I remind you that your wife is probably still in the house and watching this episode? Um, <laughs> and so, uh, so it was just a, a real eye opener. And, uh, and then at the, and then after the whole weekend's over, she comes up and, and I thought she was joking, but she was serious and she's like, She's like, man, this is really fun. We got to go to more of these. And I'm like, oh, you. Oh. I was just like, I was so mad. But she was serious. She was actually yeah. serious. And uh, so I was like, honey, this is kind of expensive. And uh, she's like, oh, no problem. Let's let's do this. Let's do this. And uh, so then we decided, Brian and I started uh Started looking at things and uh, figuring we got to make some big changes, and uh, we slowly got better and better, and now so, we have pretty dialed in. So, Brian, what was your uh, initial uh, um, 
I guess what was your initial thoughts or, or take on the uh, on the GTR right out of the box when you guys first got it? Oh, it's a, it's a great platform. I, other than the car is actually pretty heavy compared to the other cars that we have to race against in that series. I mean, we're we're at probably a six to eight hundred pound deficit. So, what did you have on your plate, you know, as the builder, if you will? I mean, both of you obviously were doing this together, but what was one of the first big hurdles that you guys had to before even kind of um, starting with the Optima Challenge. I mean, obviously the weight. Um, was there anything else that was kind of getting into any rules or things like that? that you needed? Uh, not so much that. Just we showed up the first race with way too much horsepower. <laughs> was the biggest <laughs> oh, thing. Oh, really? Yeah. Doesn't that sound weird? Yeah. Showing yeah. up at a race with too much horsepower. Too much. <laughs> but it's true. Yeah, we it's... had to actually detune it about 300 horsepower. <laughs> so you actually ended up changing the car and going. I think if uh, from our conversations, you ended up changing out the turbos, yes. uh, detuning it down on power, yeah. and um, go ahead and talk a little bit about that. We've actually, had, we've, we've actually had about four different sets of turbos on it, but now we've got a hybrid turbo that we've developed that uh, seems to be pretty good. It, it, it spools really quick and makes big, big, big power. Couple different sets of camshafts. Yeah, camshafts. Oh, yeah. Okay. Are they custom pro like were they made custom for your application or did you know you anybody could order them? They weren't a custom grind. They were uh, just like Tommy and uh, GSC cams. Okay. But uh, yeah. It just so took at a this point combo. I guess at that point, uh, when you were kind of getting it dialed in, this is over a series of years, and we'll talk about that a little later. Um, but I mean right now the car is putting out what, hundred and 850? About 850 at the wheels. Okay. And then you're putting out about a bar of uh, PSI at, what, 3K? About 2,800. Makes 15 pounds of boost at about 2,800. Okay. How how many? Depending on how hot it is outside. 28 (laughs) to 3. You know. That's a lot of boost. I mean, what's factory? Like, it's like 10 to 15 or something? No, factory's a bar. Is it? Okay. okay. So you're almost doubling... The, the factory PSI. I, I yeah, well, imagine. we don't make we don't make thirty pounds of boost till about thirty eight hundred thirty about thirty eight hundred. Okay. RPMs. So let's talk a little bit about the banner that you're racing this GTR under. Uh, obviously, it's under the um, the BSEPerformance.com. Uh, but this company yeah. started uh, in two thousand officially. Yeah. Okay. Got it. And it's a bseperformance.com now. Um, ultimately, you're, you started this business um, for high-performance automotive, I guess, engineering. Is that right? Yeah, mostly uh, off-road vehicles and marine. We did a lot of uh, poker run, boats, motors, uh, and then uh, uh, like sand buggies, UTVs, uh a lot of performance in that as far as turbo kits uh setting up other people's cars that kind of things yeah okay and that's what i was mentioning too so as as you're doing this and you're preparing your car and you're going through these these types of competitions you're also doing uh services at, you offer services to 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 others who, who are interested yes we, right? we've been doing the the gtr platform since about 2012 here and okay. man i just can't not look at that photo there look at the the way that car is planted coming <laughs> off that corner that is like badass <laughs> 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 
it looks good. You're absolutely right, man. I uh, that thing I, is transferring power down. Ripping butt. That is. Nice. <laughs> That's the street tires. Oh really? Yeah. Yeah. Two hundred treadwear street tires. That's what we got to run. That's a requirement. Wow. Yeah. Nice. So on so, top of. Yeah, balance in the car, street tires. That's that's a. It's that could, it's it's hard to do. <laughs> yeah, yeah, exactly. That's what I was thinking. Yeah, yeah. So uh, let's talk a little bit about a little bit more about BSC performance as we start talking about the event and kind of what led you to the championship that we have today. So uh, BSC performance um, is comprised of obviously the two of you plus somebody else as well. Is that right? My beautiful wife. Your, yeah. uh, your original naysayer slash supporter. Yep. <laughs> we should talk about that. We yeah. should talk about that story of D and E at Optima. <laughs> oh, we're gonna talk about it. Don't worry about it. Oh, is is that? Oh, you know what? Let's uh, let's we'll go ahead and go into that. That's actually a pretty good segue. So let's talk about the first year of Optima because it this wasn't where you just kind of showed up and and won this now. If anybody that watched the last um, episode, we actually talk about the article in depth where it took you a number of years with the Optima Challenge to progress, dial in, if you will, and and basically win this championship um, through your own merit, um, not necessarily just the car. I mean, it really took skill and development and everything like that. But that first year was uh, filled with a lot of trials, tribulations, and uh, verbal uh, concerns that your uh, wife had mentioned. Uh, let's go ahead and talk a little bit about that and uh, where uh, where your biggest opportunities were for DE. &E. And and before that, um, Mike, let's talk a little bit about summary oh. of the event. So, so, for those that don't understand yeah. how Optima works, let's let them understand how the Optima season works and how it's all laid out. Right. That's, I kind of wanted to lay the foundation for anybody who's not familiar with the Optima Ultimate Car Street Challenge. Uh, just kind of, and guys, please correct me if I'm wrong. I tried my best to uh, find some clips and summary to kind of uh, do this as, as briefly as possible, though. But um, it's, it's a uh, high-profile national automotive event for street-legal performance cars. Uh, each event has a blend of tests uh, for vehicles' performance, street ability, and engineering. And there are five segments uh, with each event that uh, each event is composed of five segments. And I saw there's road rally, accelerating and braking, autocross, road course, and D&E, like you said, which is design and engineering. That's, that's a segment on its own. Um, each event has these five segments. And throughout maybe a season, there is about six events. So you would do the same uh five categories six times throughout the year or more uh, depending on what the season's like i imagine and uh and cars are in different classes uh, i think there was i think i counted seven different vehicle classes so you you know uh is that right is that did i get That's anything correct. yeah you're pretty spot on I, I tried, man. I tried. I tried. Yeah. And, and each event's about two days. So, and this is traveling. This isn't just at the same spot, oh, you know, no. every You're time. Traveling all, over. all over. Yeah. So this is, this takes a lot of dedication, not only to have a car that's uh, where you want it to be at, but also at a specific time. And you have to travel to a particular part of the country to, to participate. So this is no joke, man. And really. then with the end being at SEMA, with the invitational if you that, get invited to it right and that's right, pretty correct. much a layout for the year yep. yep 
So let's talk about your first year. So how chaotic, how many bad experiences, how many learning experiences did you have from that? Well, well, the whole year was the learning thing. And, and right off the bat, I have to, I have to give a shout out to Optima because Optima and Jimmy Day, they put on just an awesome show for everybody. They're, they're, it, it's just a good organization. But so the categories go. So the first year, um, there's a lot of people that struggle through DNE. Us, us to us especially the first year, and uh, the design and engineering. If you don't do well in that, even if you're good in the other four segments that you mentioned, if you do horrible in design and engineering, you can't win. It, it just takes the win away from you. Now, design and engineering is comprised of what? Like, uh, it's well, what it's you've simpler. done to the car of your own design and what you've engineered on the car. And basically, you, they want the car to look like a show car that competes like a race car and drives like a race car. So we're talking stereo components, uh, interior and, yeah. modifications. You have, to, okay. you have to have all the original functions working in your car air conditioning heat stereo so everything no stripped out situations with, yeah everything that, that car came with from the factory needs to work you can change those components to better components as long as they do the same function so you know like your stereo you can modify the stereo and you get more points in the design and engineering for that you're cosmetics of the vehicle your aerodynamics of the vehicle you know your wheels your motor your drivetrain just everything if you make it better and you design better components on the car you get points for that okay. and it has to do with craftsmanship as well i think you're talking about like tasteful properly exactly. executed yes okay. and so all the way, uh, like the first and second year we ran, we kept spending a lot of money on DNE and and changing a lot of things on the car, trying to make it. Well, we were making it better, and uh, we just were not getting the points. Uh, and we weren't the only ones. I'm not trying to say that they were out to get us, right. but it just seemed. Uh, there's always after the scores come out on a weekend, there's always somebody that's disappointed. Uh, not just us. Yeah. There's plenty of other teams too. And that's the way it is. You know, they, everybody can't get a hundred points. So, uh, so after we ran two years, uh, I was like, okay, I'm done. We're just so frustrated after the, the D and E scores. And uh, just not going to do it anymore. So the season's over. Uh, about a couple months before the season's going to start up again for the next year. This was 2021 season. My wife comes to me and she's like, I can't believe you're not going to run again this year. This is the one of the only things I loved and enjoyed going to. It's so competitive. And I'm like, whoa, whoa, whoa. If you want to do this again, we'll do it. And uh, and she goes, she goes, don't let those DNA scores get you down. She goes, we're just in this for fun. So if we we go this year, if we're going to run, if we get a horrible DNA score, 
don't let it bug you. We're just here to have fun. No big deal. I'm like, okay, good. We're going to do it. So we go to our first race in 2021. It's in Vegas. Wow. And uh, we're doing we're doing good. We're just kicking butt. Um, yeah. DE comes out, and we we have done a ton of ton of the car. The car's looking good. It's got our little Harvey dog on the back. If you look, you know, the photo behind you there. Yes, yes I, mean, I it's have it. A sweet looking ride. And uh, we get to the there. It is right there. And uh, <laughs> DD scores come out, and they are. They're horrible for us. Um, <laughs> and, and, and I saw them first. You know, Brian showed them to me. And I'm like, oh, man. Better hide those. Like, oh, well. Oh, well. And Robin, Robin comes out. She's like, so what do we get? What do we get? And she saw the score. And she just exploded. Now, babe, there's lots of different scores out there. She's, yeah, she's the one that's like, we're just doing this for fun. It's okay. She is, what the F? Blah, blah, blah. And she takes off, you know, and I'm like, whoa. And uh, so that was, that, that's a wild thing. That was the whole funny part of the story. But, uh, but ever since. I think it, Robin's it, the official uh, spokesman for the. Uh... Yeah. <laughs> yeah, it has gotten better. And, uh, you know, it's just it's just the way it goes. Yeah, and, and you mentioned too, of all the five segments, most of them are based on actual like a standard oh, unit no. of measure. Road course is timing, uh, autocross is timing, but of all of them, it's the D and E design and engineering that is based on a judge. So it's probably the three most judges. three judges. Yeah, okay. three different judges at every event. Yeah. Uh, one of the judges is from Lingenfelder, which is who sponsors that segment. Uh-huh. And uh, okay. they're the main judge, and then they usually have two guest judges. And they all – I don't really know how they get their scoring together between the three judges, so I don't want to comment on that. But, I mean, they all three judges uh, combine their scores, I guess, and they average it out, I would imagine. Okay. I understand. Huh. So for 2022, um, the year that this year that you won the championship, you made a lot of changes. You kind of dialed everything in, shooting for excellence. Um, did it feel like a good year right out of the box? Well, our car, our car's always been good, but but we've been struggling for even last year. The car has at high speed had a horrible push, just will not turn under power. And okay. I'm no spring chicken uh, age-wise, and I'm thinking, man, is it me? You know, because I just couldn't get the car to turn high speed, and and it progressively got worse. And we were trying different things to get it out, and nothing was working. And uh, we showed up at the beginning year race at Charlotte in 2022, the car was okay everywhere except for high speed stuff. And, and it just kept getting worse and worse. And then uh, when we got to Portland this year, I've got millions of laps on Portland International Raceway. And there's a back straightaway there. It's kind of like a banana that you can, no matter what you're driving, you can just stay flat footed. You enter it and you just stay flat footed all the way 
to the end of the straightaway to break to go around the, the little carousel in order to go onto the straight onto the main straightaway, the drag strip. And I did that in my car the first lap. You know, I go in there and I stand on it and I damn near drive off the track in the grass. I have to get out of the throttle. And I'm like, there is not just me. There's something wrong with this car. It is just, it's not all me. It made me feel better knowing that. I wish I could have figured it out sooner. But, uh, and then the, the motor let go at that race anyway. But we knew we had, we had something to fix on the car, suspension chassis or whatnot. And I, while we were repairing the car, I got with Jack McGee at Jack Transmissions. And I had been talking to him about the, the problem. And he's like, hey, it's got to be the front-wheel drive clutch to transfer power to the front-wheel drive. He goes, he, he always sets them up a little aggressive, so it's good in autocross and, and uh, drag racing. It, it applies more torque to the front sooner. It's all around. Okay. Yeah, and he, and he said, he goes, you know what? It might just be a little too aggressive to where when you're high speed, it's it's it, when you're going fast, the, the computer should pull the load out of the front. It should only apply load when the back starts to slip. Okay. And but he said, if that is set, if the truth is set too stiff, even if the computer tells you to pull it out, it won't pull it out. And I'm like, that's got to be it because it feels like a four-wheel drive. Parameters for change are only so much that you can Yeah, modify. it feels like when you're in a four-wheel drive truck in a parking lot and you've got it in four-wheel lock low and you try to make a – So the all-wheel drive was essentially – the all-wheel drive was kind of fighting you exactly. in respect. It was actually an inhibitor at that point. <clears throat> so he, he went through the transmission, changed that setup, and we also changed a few more things on the chassis. And uh, after we got the new motor built and put in, we went and tested just before Vegas this last race at a local track here. And the car was so much better. It's like, oh, my gosh, I can – the car turns now and I'm under power. And then we – so we've got – we're just knowing we got the super fast car going to the shootout race at SEMA. And uh, we get there. We are just dominating and then we get to the last day on the road course and uh, where I'm hoping the car is going to shine now because it hadn't been shining for a couple of years on the road course. And we go to warm the car up in the morning before we go out and it, it springs a huge oil leak. And we're oh. just like, oh, no. This was, okay, we're like, yeah. We are like, oh, man, all this work and we're going to be done. Jack commented real quick. He goes, that front wheel assist a little too much. He goes, had to actually make it weak to work at the speeds um, that uh, take the turns. So that nut takes turns. I wish we had Jack on here because he's a freaking, he could be a stand-up comedian, that guy. I mean, him and his brother, Kevin, are just hilarious. <laughs> oh man that's awesome <laughs> so you're right at the last round and everything's going haywire so you got a massive i guess let's call it massive oil leak massive, massive oil leak so yeah. what is saving your tail at this point well not a lot because we're we're sitting there and we're just in total shock and we have to we have to go out on the warm-up uh, so we go out on the warm up, which is just two laps, 
And uh, I know the car has a leak. And uh, I'm driving around and I come in after the warm up's over, I come in off the track and there's just smoke bellowing out from underneath the hood. We pull, I pull in our, our pit spot and it's on fire. Uh, Brian lifts up the hood and it's on fire. He runs, grabs fire extinguisher, puts it out. And now we are like, holy crap, we're done. We're done. I mean, and uh, you have to, there, there's four, four sessions of road course, two in the morning, two in the afternoon. You have to run at least one session in the morning and one session in the afternoon or you're disqualified. And uh, and we were just like we we're working on the car, working on the car. We finally we know we're going to skip the first morning session. We got approval that we can skip that as long as we go out on the second morning session and complete one lap for time. So we figure out we figure out the loop. We realize we cannot fix it. We got to pull the motor to fix it. And I'm like, so I how is so how is Ryan going to fix this? Yeah, a trophy. <laughs> Fix it, Brian. And uh, Brian's working it super hard on it, but we just we know we once we figured out what was leaking, we know we can't fix it. So it's a matter of can we put a band-aid on this thing? Yeah. And uh, a competitor that was there, uh, he's like, hey why don't you just wrap some pig blanket around it? And I'm like, yeah, yeah, that sounds like a good idea. I, I have no idea what pig blanket is. <laughs> I didn't want to act, the, didn't want to act like an the, idiot. The, oh, what, like, yeah, yeah, what was so, that? So Brian, he, he Brian, were you, uh, you familiar with pig blanket? blanket stuff? And I look at Brian and I go, what the F is pig blanket? And Brian goes, I don't know. And I'm like, well, I don't feel so bad now. And uh, he comes walking back with this roll of uh, looking like brawny paper towels just on steroids, super thick, absorbent material. <laughs> and uh, yeah. we have to, our car has these uh, PTP turbo blankets that wrap around the turbo system, okay. which are awesome. But if you have an oil leak, not so awesome. They all pull in a diaper. Yeah. Yeah. And then it, just it becomes goes, a sponge. Yeah. Yeah. It becomes a torch. And <laughs> yeah. uh, so we have to get this turbo blanket off and then put a diaper under the car. Yeah. And we, we were struggling because it's so tight in there. You and, don't uh, say. Yeah. Yeah. We had a, uh, a, a, another couple competitors come over, help a, a female gal. She's got little hands. Little tiny hands. She's like, let me help. Let me help. I got the little hands. hands like, Man, don't, you, you don't. You don't need to do this. She jumps on the on the motor. She's laying. I wish we had a photo of that. Like a spider <laughs> on top of the engine, <laughs> working, and all these people are walking by. Like, wow, what the heck? You know, That's this awesome. gal working on the car for him, and Brian's underneath, and then and then Brian goes on the top, and then she gets out, and she goes right underneath the car, laying in the oil, trying to get it. I'm like, man. My son is there, yeah. and he's looking at her, and he's like, I'm in love. I was going to say, I was like, <laughs> like hey, she's, she's committed to another guy, and he's like, man, if they ever break up. Here's uh, my number. Yeah. Call me. Just, so, just uh, out there. so anyway, they get, the, they get the, the, the turbo blanket off, and oh, then nice. Brian makes a, uh, a diaper underneath the car with this pig blanket, just to keep the oil from hitting the ground 
and hitting the tires. We can't, we don't want it to be on the turbo. It's dripping right on the turbo, but we don't want to surround the turbo with the blanket. Yeah. So I go out for the, we're like, okay, we'll just go out, run one lap in the morning session, get a time, see if the sink deck is on fire. And uh, I go out, I ran one lap. You could smell the smoke, the oil burning. So I'm thinking, is it on fire? It's hard to focus driving the car thinking it's on fire. But we ran one lap, came in, it wasn't on fire. The the pig blanket worked. Um, we got a time in. It wasn't a great time. It wasn't a horrible time, but it was at least the time. Yeah. And uh, so then we took the blanket off. It was oil soaked. Brian made a bigger blanket, put it on there, and we're like, okay, in the afternoon session, we'll, we'll run two laps and see if it doesn't catch on fire and see if I can go quicker. Yeah. So we did that and got our two laps in, went quicker. Uh, car did not catch on fire. The blanket got oil soaked again. And uh, Brian made the biggest blanket he could. <laughs> Uh, for the last session, we're like, we're going to run three laps the last session. I don't think it's going to catch fire. But but it's just, it, it's like I said, it's so hard to focus because you're smelling it. You're smelling yeah. the oil yes. burn. Yeah, paranoia sets in. Smoke, smoke coming in the car. And you're just like, you know, when you're running, trying to run 10 tents around road course and you're smelling this and you knew it was on fire earlier. <laughs> you're like, I'm not worried about me catching on fire. I'm worried about having it get out of my car and watch it just burn to the ground, you know? But, uh, Brian's just like, right. Yeah. Yeah. And long story short, we got a good time in, in the afternoon and it all worked out. So, it all worked out. And you ended up winning, um, this year's, uh, Optima challenge, which is a huge ordeal because you're the first import that I, that I know of to win the Optima challenge. Is that right? No, uh, Subaru won it like five years ago, I think. Five uh, years ten ago. Tweets, yeah. But you're the first, the first Nissan. Nissan. First Nissan. Nissan. It was yeah. an Evo. Oh, Evo. Oh, it was an Evo. That's, that's right. right. You, you're right, actually. That's right. Now that yeah. I think about that. That's so you first win. First Nissan, though. So now you're the first Nissan. There it is. Look at that good-looking guy. Woo. And that's oh, that yeah. big, <laughs> massive trophy that you have. But you're right. That is massive. That thing weighs that like thing 70 weighs pounds. Like Jack is pounds. right. It's huge. It's heavy. Is that, like a, six foot, is that, a old, is that like four. a semi-truck rotor? Cut down? <laughs> <laughs> it's solid. It's a solid trophy, man. Oh, my God. It's a traveling trophy you mentioned, right? So it, this Yes, is I, I get to keep it for a year. And then at the, the SEMA shootout, Next year, I have to return it. Maybe. I'm hoping I win Maybe. it, win it back, but we'll see. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That I was um, wondering. You, you mentioned SEMA too, so this is as this is happening. This roller coaster of you know car and and I hope you're sponsored by Pig Blanket by next year for sure. <laughs> yeah, we're gonna reach you know, out. Yeah. <laughs> we do need to reach out to them. Hopefully, this episode will go to them. Yeah, and Robin, yeah, yeah. Robin actually chimed in real quick, and she goes, Rachel Carnes. Or, or that's the girl that was laying on the hood and put her skinny I mean, she's hands a down tough the motor and laid on the car. She so. dove right in there. <laughs> yeah, my hand's still my hand's still healing up from the blisters I got. I couldn't get yeah. down, but she was able to get in there. That's it. Yep. She's a she's wow. a badass. Yeah, Shout out to her wherever she is right now. Yeah. Was there any part of the Las Vegas 
atmosphere that made things feel like surreal or any any notable moments where you just kind of felt that just felt like out of this world at some point or well that's also oh, the biggest event right that's the finalization yeah. of everything that's the invitational where it's like what it's a four day versus the two day right yes yeah the SEMA show is just awesome and to have optima be able to run at the SEMA show like we ran all the events at the SEMA show, except for the road course this year. The road course was out at Las Vegas Motor Speedway on Saturday, the last day. But from Tuesday Tuesday through uh, Thursday, we were at the SEMA show. Or actually, Friday. Tuesday through Friday, right? Or no, we, yeah, four days yeah, we left Friday afternoon to the, the racetrack out at Las Vegas Motor Speedway. Oh, wow. And we had no issues at all at the SEMA show. Car was flawless. No leaks, nothing. And our oh. car never, knock on wood, our car never leaks other than what happened there. I mean, that was <laughs> a shocker. Well, yeah. So you ended up taking up the trophy. So, man, I mean, that's a huge accomplishment. So now, you know, as the article said, and I, I, I'm going to quote it, now you have the target on your back. And you could, and a man in your position could choose to do one of two things, or I would say that your team in your position, uh, the three of you, can either say, "Hey, we want to retire, put the jersey in the case, and call it a call it a day," or do you want to continue on and, and fight the good fight? Have you guys made a decision on what you want to do for twenty twenty three? Yes, we we uh, we were pretty dead set on retiring the, after this, and. Uh, after, you know, you always get some clowns post up things on the internet, on some of the forums and comments and so forth. And it, it kind of ate at me a little bit, some of the remarks. So I thought, you know what? Our car is pretty daggone good right now. And nobody got to see how good it is on the road course at the end of the season. Mm -hmm. uh, they got to see how good it was everywhere else. Uh, and uh we're gonna go back and and we're gonna give it our 100 for 2023 All to right. try to do it again that's exciting man that's i'm sure it's a big decision too but i mean i like you said if uh if you've got everything under control especially during that road course that uh you could obviously you're you're at the top even even with that what you might consider a, a setback you, you still manage the win so Imagine if that was no longer the scenario, you know, it could be even better, you know. So. Yeah, I mean, there's always shoulda, coulda, wouldas, but I mean, <laughs> yeah. if, if, we, wins if we didn't have our oil leak, we would have yeah. we would have finished super commandingly. Like, I mean, we still finished with a seven point lead, which is yeah. But big this deal. is this is a greater story. Look at you now. So yeah. it's how yeah. it goes. But um, so uh, for those that aren't familiar with it, uh, for the Optima Challenge, if you haven't caught it, you can actually check it out through um, Mav TV, I think Roku, and then driveoptima.com. Uh, if you want to go, go back through, you might be lucky enough to kind of catch some of those preceding championship um, uh, footage. Um, I did want to say, though, you guys need for this next year, you got to go with some heroes in the car, like some GoPros. Get some footage, man. Oh, like I, I really would love to see some. I've got, I've got a, go, a new GoPro, but I can't figure out how to use it. <laughs> yeah. I actually have a GoPro, and it sits in the motorhome 
when we're at the tra track. That's and not I, the place for that GoPro. Helmet, okay. I don't know what that, I don't I know what that GoPro is doing, and it's off time, but it's probably not doing what you need it to do. Actually, so. Optima, Optima has a lot of in-car footage from the car because they always put cameras in it. Oh. We just have to. We could probably ask them and get some. Get some. Let us know it. how uh, when the season starts rolling out. We'll definitely uh, show it on the show. We would love to kind of keep you guys uh, uh, in our thoughts and our mechanical prayers um, as we uh, <laughs> roll through the next year, and uh, just try to uh, make sure you're getting the support. Um, speaking of support, um, I guess you want to give a shout out to some of your sponsors out there. Uh, Absolutely. This last year, uh, Falcon Tire. I mean. Falcon Tires, a huge sponsor to us. They make great tires. Um, actually, all you other GTR owners out there for street street driving, um, the Falcon FK510, awesome tire for the GTR. Not very expensive. Works great. Um, Jack's Transmissions in Colorado, Colorado Springs. Uh, oh, he's in the Springs? Right. You were just up there. Um, yeah, yeah. Okay. yeah. They build an awesome transmission, good guys, their whole crew there. They do a great job. Um, BSU Performance. <laughs> that's, that's probably BSU, the that's main right. sponsor. But, uh, yeah, if you ever need well, anything for your GTR. Well, let's also give a – yeah, and, and honestly, we went through the site. And, again, if you're looking for any development or anything, obviously you – uh, you know who to come to for yeah. the uh, for the Optima Challenge uh, champions for 2022. Yeah. That's um, I guess you also want to give a shout out to uh, Pig Blanket. Yeah, <laughs> Pig Blanket got us through the day on Sunday. I'm hope I will say this. I'm hoping I never have to use Pig Blanket again. I say you you don't leave but, the house without. I mean, it. I'm just throwing it out. It there. is. If any of you guys ever have a leak, it's magic. It's magic <laughs> stuff, but. For any type of leak, automotive yeah. or personal, it's probably what you want to have in the. Uh... <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Jack chimed in. Thanks, carbon everything in that clutch. Yeah. Yes. Yes. <laughs> and uh, also, too, talking about carbon, um, uh, BSC Performance, uh, Brian and I were developing a new carbon fiber brake setup for my car. That oh. Should give us quite a bit of an edge next year. We we haven't been running carbon. We're going to free up a lot of rotating weight. Oh, Car will be even mass. stronger now. About eighty pounds in rotating weight. Eighty pounds yeah. of reciprocating mass reduction. Yeah, Good. yeah. over over the four corners. Yeah, yeah. that's amazing. Yeah, yeah it's, it's yeah. We've driven. I've I've driven them on the street cars. Uh, not on my car yet, but just sure. putting the. The brake package on, it feels like you added five pounds of boost to the car. It just accelerates. <laughs> wow. So much harder. Um, yeah. So I, I think because of uh, the, we only, when we're on the road course, it's like a time attack. We're out there for three laps. Yeah. So yeah. there's no worry about, you know, destroying your high dollar carbon fiber brakes from overheating them and stuff where, uh, like the endurance race, I would run a steel rotor, uh, obviously oh. on the car, but which is what we run. We have, we have uh, Essex AP five thousand brakes on it right now that we've always ran that that work incredible. They're great brakes, but uh, AP's been discussing with us for the last couple of years that they were going to do a 
carbon fiber thing for us, but it's just never going to happen. And so oh. Brian and I decided you gotta do your own thing. We're tired of waiting. And we're waiting like, you know, well, we're more than capable of doing this. I just, I just didn't want to spend all the, the money, you know, in case it didn't work, but I know, I know it's going to work. We'll get it to work. And uh, yeah. well, we'll say it's one hell of a nice car, man. I, I, you know, I've gone through all the photos and everything that you have on the website. And um, I mean, it's a beautiful car. Um, I know it's not your forte, but the sound system and everything that's in it is. Oh, it's, it's awesome. Uh, I mean, it's pretty, I, got, it's pretty I, like to, I don't like to brag about the car, but I mean, it is the ultimate street car. I mean, you look at it, it's, it's badass. You drive it. It is just on the street. It is just, I mean, 850 horsepower isn't all that much horsepower, but on the street it is. And the car looks up so good on the street. It is just so much fun to drive. It, it, it's yeah. the ultimate. I mean, it, 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 it's, I, I can't say anything more about it. it it's, it's a fun <laughs> machine. Ryan, what else you got planned for this uh, GTR this next coming year? What do you want to chop? What do you want to? Uh, I don't think there's much more we can do. We've pretty much got the suspension dialed. And then uh, with the, everything being new before we went to Vegas this year, new motor, new transmission, new front diff. I mean, everything's pretty solid. So right. I think the brakes are really going to make a big difference. Well, I hope so. I mean, reciprocating mass is always. You know, oh, yeah. that's huge. That's yeah. huge. Big time. So let's talk a little bit about some of the comments. Uh, some yeah. folks actually chimed in here. Um, Haley Meyer said, ignore the haters, Bob. Uh, you've got people in your corner. <laughs> <laughs> and um, and uh, Jack goes, uh, I don't think Bob had any haters. He's just way too nice and has too much love for the sport. So, oh, nice. look at Jack. Oh, oh. <laughs> uh, he goes. Uh, Jack also said, out of all the cars I have owned, uh, the R35 is uh, my all time fave. Uh, tell me when you get those carbon brakes done. My R35 has worn rotors uh, past the slots in them, uh, they're smooth again. <laughs> when Jack, Jack sent his car out to us. Uh -huh. To do some chassis work a few years back, and his, when he talks about the the slots and the rotors, it was the first car we ever had in our shop where the rotors, the slots were actually gone. I mean, <laughs> the, ro the rotors weren't cracked, but the slots had worn all the way out of the rotors. It was like I've never seen that. And now, so we put new rotors on it, and he said he's done it again. So, you know, wow. he's just living it to the fullest in that car. Well, he uses he, he uses that car for testing transmissions. Yeah, so when he builds Actual. when he builds a tranny for somebody, <laughs> he sticks it in his car, puts you know fifty miles on it, yanks it back out, so he know because there's no uh, bench machine to really check these break. trannies out. Right, and uh, the electronics are so intense in them, you got you got to put them in a car and drive that makes them. sense actually and he goes jack goes a very abused test mule arthur it is. <laughs> it is. well very cool man it's a it's good to see that you guys are um you know advancing it in your own way uh, for for your purposes so that's very cool and then you know uh, this next year uh, i can't tell you enough how we just kind of would like to see you guys kind of finish and uh, finish back on top. Or yeah, at least have a great year. We definitely want to repeat. Yeah. Oh yeah, no, we're all for you, man. If there's anything we can do between now and then, let us know. 
It's going to take a heck of a car to, to beat it this year. I mean, there's always somebody faster, but man, it, it it's going to take, I know all those guys said that I got a, you know, a target on my back, but they're, they're going to have to really step it up to yeah. beat us. Work, work for it. Right. Yeah. <laughs> True. True. Uh, by the way, I mean, and you were talking about it earlier. I just, I hope you're definitely using this this title that you've earned as a great promotion tool for the company, man. You can award-winning <laughs> performance. I'm just saying that I'll, I'll, if I if I know some GTR owners, I'll definitely send them your way. You know, appreciate. It. We do get a lot of out-of-state cars shipped to us. It's crazy. Yeah, we actually have we're a couple. A small, we're a small shop. It, my shop is actually at my house, mm-hmm. but it is amazing the volume of GTRs we get through here. Yeah. And where they come from. I mean, they come from all over. They just That's... show up on a truck. And, uh, <laughs> and the neighbors and, must love you. And, uh... <laughs> you know, we're in a big neighborhood and, oh, and we don't make a lot of noise. I mean, I don't have a dyno here or anything. You know, the cars get dropped off and they're inside. So, you know. Good point. Um, Good point. It's the not HOA, like HOA doesn't have too much of a problem with it just yet. So no, we've been doing it for quite a while. So, <laughs> but, uh, no, so you, so good. you, you basically get cars from all over, and so you and uh, Brian are always busy. We'll, yes. we'll oh, yeah. Very yeah, very busy. We Very probably busy. got eight, eight cars back there right now. Good lord! Four of them are full full motor transmission builds. I mean, eighty thousand dollar builds. <laughs> wow it, you're right man i mean it, you know it was, it was just coincidence i just saw this today the the gtr turned 15 this week or this 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 month they turned 15 years old so that's, yes the R35 that's amazing R35. yes yeah. the r35 so it's just coincidence that you know having you on the show at this specific part of time and it's just, it's kind of cool i think it kind of brings yeah. everything together like that you know yeah <laughs> uh jack well, wanted to comment here one of his last comments that before we start wrapping up here he goes what he does uh uh what he does run parts through more intense testing than anything i've ever seen um, if they can get it to work without fail, then they absolutely know their stuff. <laughs> yeah. yeah. So that's true. Kudos again to him. Um, yeah. But yeah, again, man, you know, I want to say uh, just a thank you for coming on the show. And it's, it, again, thanks to Haley for setting this whole uh, interview oh, up absolutely. and making the thank connection. You, and um, yeah. Just I mean, to let her know we're going to be at Coda in February, so we'll definitely have to get together. I think then. we're all going to be We're all going to be there. We are. So yeah. Coda's just in our backyard, so yep, we'll, we'll just be Just up right the street. But yeah. uh, we'll we'll definitely get together. Maybe we'll uh, we'll have a night out and we'll – Yeah, for sure. We'll, 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 probably, we'll probably roll in Thursday, Thursday. night. Yep. Okay. And then uh, Friday there won't be much stuff going on because Jen, I don't think, runs till Saturday and Sunday. But we'll be at the track. We'll be in my so, motorhome. Um, for those that are in the Coda area, uh, what days are you going to be uh, there? February fourth and fifth, I believe, is the track days. Okay, so February. Haley probably knows. Okay, and and typically but, uh, those yeah. track days are open to spectators. Fourth and fifth, yeah, oh, yeah. Free, yeah. free entry. Free okay. entry for spectators. Anybody that wants to attend, well, we think it's free entry unless Coda's changed it. I don't know. We'll no, figure I, it out as we go. Yeah. They're usually pretty friendly there. They're pretty yeah. friendly, so. I'm sure they'll let you guys in. <laughs> we'll make some fake media passes. I think Mike got a, Mike almost got banned one time. For, I did. 
I forgot I forgot my wristband, and then they had a security guard that just they love their job, man. And I was like sneaking. He wasn't he wasn't to... wearing the media badge, and like this lady uh... almost straight harpooned him. And she was like an older lady, and she was like seventy, and she was like she just she had it out. She had the eye for it, man. It and was I was awesome. like, I just I showed her the media badge, but him he didn't want to roll with the media badge, and she almost. She almost got him. I was like, he would have been in <laughs> coded jail if there is such a thing. So, anyway. but uh, moving along. But um, again, thank yes. you for for coming on the uh, the show with us. I've had a blast. It, it's great thank actually you. just getting to know you guys. And um, um, I just want to say uh, again, thank you. But I, I, I want to just honestly give you a virtual handshake and a pat on the back for everything you're doing for development for the GTR, <clears throat> keeping those cars going and and moving him to the next level and help other gtr owners be competitive at their their point and i want to see you guys kick ass next year so oh, yeah yeah it's gonna happen i hope yeah. so we'll see but yeah you um, never know I, you know like i said the Optima series it's it's super competitive and uh yeah and they they make you run your cars i mean you're not there just like a show and shine and you know, run an autocross course. I mean, you are beating on your car all day long for those two days. Uh, th there's very little downtime, um, which is fun. That's why my wife likes it so much because uh, when we go to HPD days, my wife gets bored with that because, you know, it, it's fun, but it's not, she likes the thing where like, okay, we're in first place and then all of a sudden, you know, we dropped a third and then we go out there and we bump back up to first. It, it's just a competitive deal through the whole weekend. So yeah. Yeah. that's, that's true, man. Yeah. <laughs> Keep things well, high at the high level again, just like a high, high, uh, high stakes. Maybe that's well, again, probably a better word. Uh, for thank it, you too. for being on with us here today. Um, Thanks, and, for having, uh, thanks for having us on guys. I actually want to have you guys on as we go through the season. Oh, we can um, do that we'll, for sure. we'll continue to keep Just you updated as, you, as your season goes. You guys are I so agree. hard to get along with, you know. Damn. <laughs> <laughs> no. Oh, man. Well, we appreciate that. that. Yeah. And thank you thank again you. for supporting the show by coming on. Um, we're going to ask you guys to go to the virtual green room. We're going, well, actually, you know what? Screw it. Stay on with us because we're Stay just going to be shutting down. Um, but, uh, for the most part, anybody that's listening on, uh, we want to say thank you for, for tuning in all of your fans that joined us here tonight. Um, thank you for, uh, being on this night. Uh, make sure you like subscribe and, um, and follow us. Well, we're, if you will. <laughs> we're on, on everything. Of course, social media, Facebook, Instagram, um, those are our top two right now. Our Instagram is the biggest campaign that we're trying to get yeah. more. And if we of. have any of our friends that are in the sponsorship world, send it. Yeah, send no, whatever oh, love you can send to these guys. <laughs> so no, try to help them in their love. campaign to win. So no, no price is too low. I said, <laughs> <laughs> pig blanket. We're talking to you, pig blanket. Yeah, pig blanket. <laughs> <laughs> But again, uh, thank you for everybody for coming on the show. Um, that's all I wanted to say tonight. Um, let's yep. give a last-minute compi. So, yeah, if for what you Go. guys have left, if you have anything with us, please join us. You guys and guys, compi. Yes, sir. Goes down smooth. We're gonna wrap this up here. Give us a second. Uh. <laughs>